right. Let me take these off because there's a massive glare. I can't see anything. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to the show. Let me see if I can. Nope. Okay. Just it's just gonna be like that. Big Cardinals win. They take game three of the series. Yeah, that was a fun game. It was a quick game, which was nice after the marathon games the Cardinals have played in recent days. So that was nice. Some contributions up and down. I mean, not a lot of offense. Yeah, two hours and 15 minutes gifts. Uh, I will take it. I know, look, I'm a big proponent of, like, the game's not broken. Don't try to fix it when it's not broken. Hey, Braden, what's up? Um, but the quickness of games like that... I could get behind that for sure. I know, right? What are you going to do with the rest of your rest of your evening? <laughs> All right. Well, I wanted to give a quick minute. Hey, Victoria. To let some peeps join us here on the, uh, the old live stream. Um, first of all, can you hear me okay? Because last time I had my headphones plugged in and was not talking into them. Tonight I have to charge my phone because I didn't plan ahead. So I hope that the lack of headphones, microphone situation is okay. Um, so let me know about that. Secondarily, um, I, the comments still won't turn the right direction. So if I look like a crazy person, I mean, I am a crazy person, but also I'm having to read the comments sideways. But for those of you who have not joined us before, this is Blacked Out, which is our version of a post-game show, because if you are watching the Cardinals on MLB TV, or if you are somewhere that doesn't get Fox Sports Midwest, you are likely blacked out, either of the game itself or the post-game show. So since that's kind of lame, and MLB blackout rules are all kind of lame, we're going to talk about it here and share our thoughts and our discussions and our comments and our questions. Uh, so I'm going to just ramble uh, about the game that we just watched. But if you have things that you would like to, to interject, feel free in the comments, and I will try to hit as many of them in the next 15-ish minutes or so as possible. I just realized I can't see a clock anywhere. So I'm going to just play it here and see what happens, and hopefully I don't go for like seven hours. Uh, the game ended so early, though, that, you know, what else are you going to do? So let's just, let's just hash it out. Bader did well today. Okay, let's talk about Harrison Bader. We were having this conversation in the Birds on the Black group chat, and before the home run, I made a comment about Harrison Bader that setting the clock, okay, so let me know when it's been 15 minutes, <laughs> and I'm not making any promises that I'll shut it down right at the, the 15 minute mark, but we'll go, we'll go with it. Um, Harrison Bader, my comment to some of the other Birds on the Black people was that he looks like he is pressing so hard, he's so in his own head, and it's frustrating to watch because he'll go on TV, I'm sure I'm watching the... Uh, Fox Sports Midwest postgame show, they're interviewing him right now, and I'm sure he's talking about how he's still confident in himself, and he believes in what he's doing, and he knows that he's working hard, and he knows it's there. It's nice to, you know, get a couple of hits and, and feel like that'll put him on the right path or whatever. That's great. 
Um, the problem that I see with Harrison Bader on that front is that he rides the highs too high and then crashes in the lows. So what I mean by that is he'll take a night like tonight and go, see, I told you I could do it. There's nothing wrong with me. You all doubted me. Well, I proved you wrong. And then he'll go on a streak where he's like, oh, for 15. And he'll look like the weight of the world is on his shoulders because he listens to everything anyone says. Y'all tweet about him online. You know that he sees that. I know from talking to people that he sees that and he's aware of it. And he's like painfully aware of what people say about him. And then he wears that too. So my concern with Harrison Bader is that he, like most athletes, probably doesn't have a super accurate um, idea of where his like consistent peak is, what he's going to be able to ride out consistently in the major leagues. And so he's also so intense about kind of proving people wrong that he rides the highs and lows a little too much. Now, all of that said, Harrison Bader, if you're watching this, uh, you're obviously not because you're on TV right now, but if you were, um, that's purely my perception from the in, from the outside looking in. But that's always my concern with him is that he rides the high of a night like this and then crashes just as hard or harder when things don't go his way the next time around. So that's that's my concern about Bader. Um, I believe that we have a plethora of outfielders waiting to play. And that's definitely a factor of his focus. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I don't think it's a lack of focus. I think that it's um, an intense amount of pressure. Some of that coming from himself, probably a large portion of that coming from himself, but other pieces of that coming from the expectations of other people or trying to keep up with what he feels like he has to be in order to, you know, stay that, that far ahead of whether it's Carlson or, uh, you know, Williams, who's not even there right now, or some of these other, other options in the outfield. So that's, that's a bit of a problem for him. Although I would say the same thing about Dylan Carlson right now, he is in his own head every time he steps to the plate and there is this mounting pressure every time he comes up to bat that he hasn't really done anything to make his mark as the hot young prospect that everyone predicted he would be. So in light of that, it's very good that Tyler O'Neill and Dexter Fowler are hitting the ball really well. Um, but it is a little bit concerning to see those two guys where you can, you can see the wheels turning in their head. You can see the pressure in their eyes and They've got to find a way to snap out of that. Um, KK is going to have a great year. Teams just don't know him at all. Yeah, uh, KK was really good tonight. He, I, I love watching him work because he's quick, but he's also, um, you know, he's something different, and he comes with a, a different look. Um, they were talking on the, the Fox Sports Midwest broadcast tonight about how long his stride is and how deceptive that allows him to be. Um, he, he's not going to overpower you with velocity, but what he does have is is deceptive in the way that it comes on. It, it gets to you almost quicker than you think it's going to because it doesn't have the velocity. Um, whoa. Let's see. Did he ever swing a good at bat in the minors? Like good enough, but he's always been good defensively first. Um, Harrison Bader was never the superstar that somehow he was built up to be in St. Louis. Um, and that's always sort of been my problem with the way that he was presented to Cardinals fans. I mean, he came up his first year in the big leagues and kind of 
stole the thunder from everyone else because of the defense, because of the speed. And he hit pretty well that year. But that was that was an anomaly compared to what he did in the minor leagues. It wasn't the same sort of consistency. So he's always struggled a bit at the plate. Um, you start throwing him off-speed stuff, and, and he tends to kind of swing out of his shoes or then sit back and wait. Or he just doesn't he, – he's not as consistent. Um, so in the minor leagues, he was um, – not the guy that he was when he first came up to the major league level, but then everyone expected him to be that version of Harrison Bader as opposed to the guy he'd been the rest of his career. So that's why I've always been a little hesitant to kind of say he was the centerpiece of that outfield. Um, but I think he would like to be, and that's why you know everyone wants to give him a chance because he's kind of that typical scrappy, never-say-die kind of player that Cardinals fans really like. Um, Carlson's moment reminds me a lot of Trout's first in the bigs. Yeah, and there, there's, look, there's nothing to worry about. The poster child of the blue uniforms. Always curious about that. Yeah, I agree completely. I thought that was a huge mistake. Uh, but the thing is, he was the young guy. He was the guy that they could kind of say, hey, we need you to come do this. And he couldn't really be like, nah, I'm cool, thanks. Uh, so he would do it. So that was part of it, I'm sure. But I, I never really felt like that was a good plan. Um, but back to Carlson. Trout's first time in the majors. Yeah, I'm not worried about Carlson. Um, I'm not, you know, in some situation where I feel like, oh no, was he overhyped? Um, he's just he's just in his own head right now because this game can mess with you and and you have to make adjustments. And I fully expect that he will. Um, there's just a lot of pressure riding on his shoulders right now, and he doesn't have to be the overnight sensation that you know Tatis Jr. is or Vlad Jr. or you know pick a guy. Uh, Luis Robert in, in Chicago. He doesn't have to be that to end up being really, really great. He just needs to settle down and do what he's done all of his career. Thank you. Yes, I'm glad I got power back too. Uh, that was a long six days. But quite frankly, there are still people with power out in um, uh, the central part of the state. So O'Neal. Um, sure. I don't <laughs> Yes, it's great to see O'Neal playing consistently enough that we're not really talking about him as a, mm, I don't know what to do with, uh, with left field. Like, it's O'Neal's spot. It just it is. And that's exactly what I would, ha would have hoped would happen with him this year. Um, should we title it already? Gio is our closer. I think that's great. Um, what I would love, though, is for Gio... <laughs> call him a closer. Call him whatever you want. Um, I would love to see Gio used a little bit differently in the sense that high leverage situations are where you need what he has to offer. And the ninth inning is often that place. <laughs> it's not always that place. Um, where conversely you use Tyler Webb in high leverage situations. Um, Gallegos is a guy that would have been better <laughs> in that spot. So uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how they kind of settle into pitching roles once some of these other guys come back into the mix. Um, they're already setting the stage for Carlos Martinez to be in the bullpen, which would likely mean he was the closer, which would then allow Gallegos to kind of be that fireman uh, role or, you know, even go two innings if you need him to. So I don't know what they're going to do exactly if they keep KK in the rotation, which I imagine is what they'll do at this point. And for better or worse, put Carlos Martinez back in the bullpen again. Um, 
they they will have options in the ninth. So I like the idea of having some flexibility with how to use Gio Gonzalez. Uh, G- Gonzalez. Wow, that was a blast from the past. Um, Gallegos. <laughs> and uh, I-, I like that they have options with how to use him, but I do agree that he needs to be a high leverage guy and maybe your first go-to with high leverage situations, whether that's in the ninth or whether it's in the seventh. Do you think Carlos would take the place of Dakota? Possibly. Um, But what do you then do with Dakota Hudson? Because I don't love adding him to the bullpen mix necessarily. Um, But, you know, if he's only going to be able to go three innings, four innings, maybe not. But he actually pitched well. um, Was that just last night? (laughs) Seems like that was forever ago. He actually pitched well in his last start. I doubt that they'll do that simply because there's probably more value. Think about it this way. Is there more value with Carlos in the rotation and Dakota Hudson in the bullpen? Or is there more value with Dakota Hudson where he's at and Carlos Martinez in the bullpen? I don't like it because I like Carlos Martinez in the rotation, but I'm not sure that swap actually makes them better. Four and two thirds scoreless yesterday for Dakota Hudson. Yeah. Um, Maybe the Cardinals should run with the six-man rotation since they have such a demand for innings. The Yeah, you know, uh, it will be interesting to see how they, they handle that, especially with all the doubleheaders coming up. Um, they're going to need – I mean, you can't play so many games that are bullpen starts without really wearing out your bullpen. So maybe they do something like that and, you know, stretch out some of those guys just enough that they can go four innings in a, the second game of a doubleheader. The, uh, that's the other thing with Carlos, though, sliding back into the rotation, is that he's not stretched out now. Um, and there were some concerns about that before, and now coming off of this extended layoff, probably about a month now that he hasn't pitched, it, it's going to be hard to, to consider him a starter. So, yeah, might as well do something weird, right? Because this year doesn't make any sense for anyone. <laughs> Just doesn't make any sense for anyone. Yeah, the Carlos situation is continues to be frustrating, but it might actually be the best um, for now. Five two White Sox. Um, that's that's rough. That's a rough series for the Cubs. Who is pitching tonight? I don't remember. I don't recall. You look like you just wrestled a yogurt machine. Cool. (laughs) Uh, Sox just hit their fifth slam this week. Whoa. (laughs) Who gave that up? Who's, what inning is it? Tell me all the things. I don't have any other devices in front of me to tell me this information. Or what else should we talk about with the Cardinals? We can talk about John Gant and his glorious hair. We can talk about uh, how Woodford looks like the long-lost brother of John Gant. <laughs> um... As many times as we did touchies. Yeah, I don't quite know what the situation is there. 
I'm thirsty, man. Are the Sox trying to rival the Padres for Grand Slams? Might as well. Who wouldn't want to do that? That's a pretty cool piece of um, history. 19 times. Is that like an actual number? I didn't read that story because I don't know. There's only so many times I can look back at something that didn't happen and convince myself to care about it as opposed to just dealing with the fact that it didn't happen. Gant versus Bader for great hair. It's John Gant. I'm sorry, Harrison Bader, but it is. Have you seen the photo that I always post of John Gant with his, like, Fabio romance novel hair? It can't be beat. Gant and Gallegos are your top two relievers. Who's your third best active reliever? I really miss John Brevia. Um, I keep forgetting that there is a trade deadline. So I don't really have anything to say about that. Uh, third best reliever. I mean, Seth Elledge has been pretty good. Alex Reyes has been pretty, pretty good. Not quite as consistent as I'd like. Nice to see Bader Homer and do relatively well after last night. Gant has the best hair ever. Facts, Miranda. That is accurate. How do you feel you were in the bullpen today compared to recent games? It's interesting. Um, I should have looked at this before, but I didn't. Um, I, I want, It feels to me like he's using John Gant and Gallegos on the same days. They're kind of on the same schedule. I don't know that that's on purpose. And I don't know that that's actually true. <laughs> that might just be my perception of what's happening. Um... The problem with that is the days in between or the days where that's not what happens, um, you're kind of, you've kind of got this hodgepodge of guys that includes Tyler Webb, who's not throwing well right now. So uh, I don't know exactly what um, they really haven't been able to set up late game relievers at all yet. It's hard to set up late game relievers when your starters only go four innings. So they've been able to do it on Adam Wainwright starts. They were able to do it tonight, thanks to KK. Um, if their starters are going deep into games, then you can set up those late inning spots and define those roles a bit more specifically. But when you, you've got guys only going, you know, two and a third or three innings or four innings, uh, your late inning guys don't necessarily fit into that mix when you you have long relievers going two innings or guys you hoped were going to go two innings that only went one. So that makes it still a little bit up in the air. And I think it's probably going to stay that way just based on how many games they're playing consecutively. So it'll be interesting to see how they manage that mix and if their starters go deeper into games. I would imagine that Jack Flaherty will go deeper and deeper into games as he throws more. Um, that last start was going to be, you know, kind of the anomaly, I, I hope. But when he starts going deeper, Adam Wainwright continues to do his thing. KK looks like he's going to be all right. Um, I never quite know what to expect from Dakota Hudson, but you know, once those guys start going a little further into games, plus you do have guys like Austin Gomber who will be coming back. Um, when Ryan Helsley comes back, don't forget that he's going to be in the mix with all of that in the, the late game. Um, and Junior Fernandez as well is another guy who will, you know, be a possibility in that mix. So uh, that's the, the relievers who are still missing, I believe. Um, so 
I, it, there's still just so much up in the air with who is even going to be on the roster on any given day that it feels weird to try to say this is what should be happening and this is who should be there. But as far as the question about Mike Schultz managing the bullpen, tonight it was pretty easy. <laughs> tonight you had a, a three-run lead to protect, so you used your guys that you that you think you can trust. And John Gant got his innings, and Gallegos did the rest, and that was all set up based on the six innings Looking at it right now, six innings, three hits, and three strikeouts um, from KK, which, you know, you get that from him every five days, and you're going to be perfectly satisfied, thrilled, really, with that addition and moving him back into the rotation as opposed to the the bullpen. So the pitching puzzle is going to remain frustrating. That is my biggest piece of um, analysis or advice in watching the Cardinals this year, is that the pitching situation is going to be fluid, and it's going to be frustrating because of how many games they're playing in a row, how many double headers they're playing. And you know, it's, uh, it's going to be weird and messy and not always great at times. So glad I found your after game broadcast. I'm not blacked out, but love this discussion. Thank you. I'm glad you found it too. This is uh, way more fun when there are people talking and I saw the, uh, the time limit there. So Thank you for keeping me honest on that. Anything else that we want to get to quickly before we do wrap this up? Because we're just going to keep it short and sweet and to the point. Big win for the Cardinals. Uh, Ponce de Leon going tomorrow to try to finish off the series win. And then it's the Royals coming into town. So, um, you know, lots lots more baseball to be played. Could we see Woodford and Oviedo in mid to late relief? Man, there's just there's so many people on in that mix right now that it's so hard for me to say. At some point, they're not all going to be able to stay on the roster, right? Somebody's going to have to go back to Springfield. So uh, you may see someone like Seth Elledge stick around where someone like Oviedo doesn't because they want him to start, and he's not going to have those innings to start. But if he's one of the most effective guys out there, they don't really have the the situation as you would with a minor league season where you can say, oh, we're going to send him back to Springfield so that he can keep starting. You send him back to Springfield, he's going to get some innings in sim games or, you know, facing live hitters and that sort of thing. But they're not actually playing a normal season, so it's not quite the same opportunity to send him back and, and be with the team and pitch every five days and all those things. So I don't know quite how they're going to handle that with a lot of these guys that they brought up who did pitch well, Oviedo included, Woodford included. Um, I would imagine that they will keep enough <laughs> uh, of that backup that when they do have those double headers, someone like a Woodford or an Oviedo could start one of those games. Um, but I don't know if they'll be up all the time. We'll have to see how they choose to manage the, the roster there once they start adding some of these guys back into the the mix of regulars. So it's not really a good answer to your question because I don't have a good answer to your question until we see what happens when some of these other guys come back. Joey Votto was big time mad tonight. He was not happy facing KK. Pretty, uh, pretty um, frustrated, shall we say. <laughs> Anything else? Going once, going twice. How much longer would you keep sticking with Carlson? Um, I'm not sure there's a, a 
significantly better option. Look, he's still playing well defensively. Um, I think his at-bats have gotten progressively worse, which is why I think that he's pressing. Will Kisner ever catch again? No. <laughs> I don't know. The, the doubleheaders do afford the opportunity for someone else to catch the second game. So we'll see what ends up happening with Weeders. He had the, the issue with his toe, so I don't know how quickly he'll be back. If he's not back by the time there are those doubleheaders, then Kisner will likely catch one of the games of the doubleheader. Um, but, uh, besides that, I mean, he's, he's the third man on the totem pole right now behind a guy who's never going to want to sit down. So I don't know when, uh, I joked on Twitter the other day that we'll see him in 2021. Um, but as far as Carlson is concerned, I think you need to give him some time off, but I also think this is a situation where it, he, he has to play to figure it out. It's not a matter of being tired or, of you know, needing rest as much as it is. Um, he needs to face major league pitching in order to figure it out. But the biggest thing for him is that he's got to get out of his own way. He's got to get out of his own head and stop trying to hit a home run every time. And part of the pressure there has come because of how many times he has been at the plate with runners in scoring position at the least, but with the bases loaded and nobody out or one out, you know, that has happened so many times and he hasn't come through. So to be in that situation where it's just like, prime opportunity to make your mark and to not do it again and again and again and again and again it's weighing on him and you can see that so I think once he gets a couple of he just needs a base hit to get the monkey off his back he just needs to get a base hit move a runner over do something maybe drive in a run and then I think we'll be fine with Dylan Carlson settling in but right now he's just putting too much pressure on himself and the only way he's going to snap out of that is to face continue to face pitching and eventually pick up that next hit. Um, but, you know, the, the thing is trying to work in the guys in the rest of the lineup to make sure that there's not a, a huge gap in the outfield offense, which there sort of has been at this point. All right, I'm going to call it a night. We're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for hanging out. This has been Blacked Out for Birds on the Black. And whenever we can, we're going to meet you right here after games so that we can talk it all out, hash out our emotions, celebrate a win, commiserate with each other in a loss, and do it all again the next time. So, for Birds of the Black, I'm Sarah Wellman. Good night.